Hello there, listeners to this podcast. Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I just said the word podcast three times, and I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. And I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. A podcast. And hey, our... <laughs> yes, and our guest from last week is back. He's a frequent guest, and he's here once again. Guest, who are you? Hello, I am the ghost of Joe Hennis. Hey, oh, no. everybody. Oh. R.I.P. Joe. Oh, no. No, I'm fine. It's cool being oh, a ghost. Okay. You're going to oh, love okay. it. You're a friendly ghost. I'm uh, eh, sometimes unfriendly. Sometimes, sometimes right, that, you know, that's... you wake up on the wrong side of the ghost bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so today, uh, the ghost of Johannes is here to talk with us about minutes 53 and 54 of the Muppet Christmas Carol, in which the song It Feels Like Christmas concludes and Scrooge wishes to see friends and kin. Uh, So this picks up, uh, where last week left off, we get to find out that from the ghost of Christmas present that it is... The season of the spirit. Ah. So any of you who predicted that that's what it is, you you got that one right. Um, so immediately after this, one of my favorite little <laughs> moments in this movie happens. Uh, so there are two cats and two pigeons who come dancing into the frame uh, in this line. And after the ghost sings that line, one of the cats just goes, meow. <laughs> so it goes, it is... The season of the spirit. <laughs> and it's so small and so quick, but I love it. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. For years, I have been thinking about writing an article on the Tough Pigs website that would be called Muppet Micro Moments, just about my favorite very small, very quick gags. And that would absolutely be in the article. Someday I'll write it, um, and that'll be at the top of the list. Well, you're also glossing right over... So it goes, so it is, and it is, meow, the season of the spirit, and then the pigeon goes, coo. Oh, that's right. I get, yeah. Yes, you're right. I got it in the wrong order. So there's yeah, another no, one immediately yeah. following. Yeah, there's the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the meow, pigeon coo. And then the coo. Yeah, that's right. So there's, yeah, there's two great things. Muppet micro moments in a row. <laughs> well, yes. last, last episode, the ghost of Christmas present told Scrooge, have you ever noticed that everything seems wonderful at Christmas? And this mo- this bit that you guys just did is evidence that it does, because those are just regular animal sounds, and yet everything seems wonderful at Christmas. It's true. So that's it just why it's a smile great. to our faces. They're not only just regular animal sounds. Like to, to Ryan's point, they're so like muted. It's not like right? the cat's like meow. It's just like a little meow, <laughs> and we're like hell yeah. It's like I yeah. love that cat. Yes! Yeah, the Christmas cat! (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We hear a lot of uh, Muppet performers uh, taking joy in upstaging each other. And this is upstaging in such a subtle way. It's it's kind of brilliant. Right. Uh, And then the ghost embraces all of these animals. And he he makes this uh, sound like... So everybody just loves each other here. It's great. So, uh, specifically, this is a sound that your friend and mine, Anthony Strand, makes on a daily basis. <laughs> is that right? Have you ever noticed this? <laughs> I hear you do this all the time. You always go like, yaw. 
Aww, he, like, like that, it's very specifically the awe from this moment in the like film. This one, you like this one, like all the time, aww. like that. Yeah, when, that's aww. the guy. That's the chap. <laughs> okay, okay. Like when somebody says something kind of cute or sweet on the podcast. Is yeah, that what you're... exactly. Yeah, right. or like you know, aww. just like it's like a tender moment. Like, like <laughs> oh, look at like oh my buddy. No, you know. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. Maybe I learned it from him. Maybe that's where you got it from. Yeah, I learned it from Jerry Nelson. I'll point it out I, next yeah, time you do it. That makes a lot of sense. I'd be like, that's All the right. awe. You did it. <laughs> well, now everybody's going to be Yeah, now people, listening people will it. come up to me on the street. They'll be like, awe. See, if you can spot Anthony's <laughs> awe in this episode. Right, they'll be listening right and go, on. oh, he did it. He said it. Yep. That's right. Take a shot. Like, what was the thing? Mike. That was the thing uh, when JD Hansel was on the show and pointed out that you didn't even realize you were doing. Was that the, uh, like, excuse me, sir? Yeah, or? I think it was. Yeah because, yeah. yeah, because then I was like, oh, yeah, the character that's just me, but I'm embarrassed about it. So I do a voice. <laughs> mm, 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 yes. Oh, right, well, but- I don't know if you've noticed, sir. <laughs> Yeah, and JD's that like, guy. Oh, I'm so happy to be on the podcast for an appearance of, excuse me, sir. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's another one for you. Uh, my my dream is that somebody will start a moving right along Muppet Movie Podcast wiki and just list all of these things and all the episodes that they occur in. That would be a phenomenal waste of time. It would be such a waste of time. <laughs> I agree. I hope nobody does that. I hope they go outside instead. Uh <laughs> Touch grass? Is that what we're supposed to say now? Dude! Touch grass. Hey, touch grass. You gotta say it like that. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Touch grass. You gotta say it. Like, you gotta be grass. like mad that they're inside. Just like furious. Um, so speaking of noises that people make, there's a part here where a jail dog and a jailer, jailman, do it briefly. And the jail dog is Steve Whitmire doing a Cockney accent. And that's one of the funniest Muppet voices ever, in my opinion. Oh, sure. Yes, when you do your best for love, it feels like Christmas. That's all. I, um, I can't do I was, like, hoping to, like, imitate it, but I can't really. Yeah, like, I wouldn't want to do your Cockney accent here. Myself. I don't know yeah. if I can. We can you do Bert from Mary Poppins? Can you do that? Ever a glorious day. Yeah. That's, there it is. I feel that's, that's the chat. Right? I yeah. could fly. there's this brief shot of uh, some humans gathered around a snowman and then the snowman's head falls off this uh, snowman muppet is familiar because it's the same puppet that we saw as the snowman who came to life and became Fozzie's comedy partner in Muppet Family Christmas so nice to see him again you guys so did like 25 episodes of a podcast about that. That's we did. we did. Yes, we did an entire season that people can go back and listen to you were in, on Muppet Family Christmas. You were in five of them. So sure was. Speaking yeah. of speaking of the snowman, can I say an anecdote from my real life about the snowman that happened today? Oh, please. We listen to a lot of Christmas albums. And if I, if I say the British singer KT Tunstall, do you guys know who that is? You know who I'm talking about? I, I know who KT Tunstall is. Yeah. She sings the. Not everyone oh, does. She sings the song that goes a big black horse and a cherry tree. Woohoo! Remember that one? Okay, that was a big hit. <laughs> does she sing it in the Cockney accent? She. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Is she sings Sleigh Ride like kind of her 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 British accent is much more noticeable on Sleigh Ride than it is on many of her many of her songs. And hmm. Miles, we were listening to her version of Sleigh Ride in the car today, and Miles was truly baffled. That the lyrics aren't about like a bear and a snowman like you, 
Oh wow. yeah, yeah. Because we're listening to it, and she like uh, Miles listening to it, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Hey, Fozzie sings this with the snowman," and I'm just like, "Yeah, man, yeah, he does." And then when she gets to the like a lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you, Miles is like a bear and a snowman like you. Yeah, it's like mm, actually, uh, <laughs> it's a bear that's... and a snowman. <laughs> Katie Tunstall. Yeah. He's like, mm, excuse me, yeah, madam. But... Yeah, it's Miles. This is how uh, the Muppets change our perception of reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like for me, I mean, we probably talked about this on the Muppet Family Christmas uh, podcast, but like you know, this that movie is. Like I, I hear Christmas carols in that movie much more than I do in the, the real world because I don't listen to Christmas carols on a normal basis, sure. um, even in Christmas time. So like I do think about a bear and a snowman, or I do think about like at the home of Fozzie Bear. Or, you know. Right, that's the other big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that now I'm actually oh, it, it, who is it? It's it's the home of Farmer Brown. Uh, Farmer Gray. Whose home is it? Farmer really? Gray. Farmer Gray. It'll be the perfect ending right. to a. Perfect day. Perfect day. I knew, yeah, I knew that didn't sound quite right. Yeah. But I would have never Fozzie known Bear. That. Yeah, that's all you need. Never. Yeah. <laughs> right. right, sure. It should be Fozzie Bear. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, speaking of singing songs, the next few lines of this song are sung by the Mouse family, wait, wait, wait. who we saw earlier in the movie. Wait, oh. I'm sorry. About the snowman. So, yes. I'm sorry, I had one, one quick thing about the snowman. So, so I, I was curious. It's one of those things where, like, you know, when we see these puppets and we're like, oh, it's the same puppet that was used in this other thing. So, it's obviously the same character or whatever. But it's like they just reuse puppets. But they specifically made a point to use the same scarf that the snowman is wearing in Muppet Family Christmas. Mm. They're both wearing the red and white striped scarf, which I found interesting. But then, um, uh, I looked up on the Muppet Wiki to see, like, you know, where else the snowman has shown up. And the same snowman puppet with the same striped scarf appeared in a Sesame Street music video called Elmo's Got the Moves from 2011. Uh, wow. Oh. Right? Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, anyway, so go that watch that, I guess. So, been sitting in Henson, <clears throat> like, the Henson Workshop storage somewhere. Right. And, like, nobody apparently, like, claimed ownership between Disney and Sesame or Henson. And they're just like, <laughs> right, I don't know, because, it's just a snowman. It's fine. Just toss them on Yeah, there's, there's some lawyer out there who's like, wait a minute. Disney owns that snowman. That's our snowman. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But, um, he, but he's not wearing the Fozzie Bear pork pie hat like he is in Muppet Family Christmas. Which right. would have been uh, amazing yeah, yeah. if he was. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. Um, so be we do hear the snowman go, Wah! as his head falls off. Wah! Any yeah. any yeah. theories about who might be performing him? Yeah, it sounds oh, like it Dave Gold. Sounds very much like Dave, Dave Gold is what I was yeah. thinking yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah all right. Is well, it? we figured it out. Right. <laughs> Good job, everybody. We should have asked. We should have asked him when he was on the podcast. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> that seems like something he might remember because it was it was performed. The character was performed by Richard Hunt in the special, right. so he might have he might have retained that memory. Right. Uh, so the mice. Um, when the mice are singing in their little uh, hole in the wall, the ghost of Christmas present shrinks down to mouse size to fit in their hole. Uh, on the, uh, this was the Oh My Disney um, video. I've forgotten whether this was an article or a video. I think it was a video. Uh, yeah, it was a video. Yes. Brian Henson said that um, that shot is actually forced perspective. The mice are just close to the camera, and the ghost is just far away on the set. So, Whoa. so kind of similar to the shrinking effect that we saw earlier, but 
less uh, movement so that's of the camera. Just like so again, Gandalf. Yeah, just, just using like every trick. Yeah, every every wow. movie trick they can come up with. I just love how you know the Ghost of Christmas Present is such a huge puppet. Like he is the size of a gorg. And the mice right. are the size of doozers. You know, they're the sh- shrunken down. You can't mm. put your hand in there. And like, can you imagine? Uh, well, first of all, like the the shot looks perfect. Like one of the one of the people, one of the, the mice, like looks up at the ghost, and the ghost looks down at the mouse, and like they look like they're in the same shot. They look like they're actually next to each other. Yeah, the eye line is perfect. Yeah, and like, can you imagine a shot with a doozer and a gorg doing the same thing? I can't. Like, my brain can't even like process you know what i mean uh i guess they never did that exact thing huh right and even when they shrunk junior gorg down to fraggle size they just built a new puppet you know right Um, yeah he's a hand puppet junior yeah yeah so i don't know i mean like i don't expect that they would have done that on fraggle rock i think it would have been that would have been a totally different thing but like uh i don't know i'm just like i'm just impressed that's all that's the only reason i'm bringing it up it's just it's just cool in the great radish famine episode is there's like a scene where Junior Gorg is holding Moki in his hand? Is Moki holding a doozer in her hand? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. But the, yeah. the doozer would have to be so small in the the wide shot. It might not even be a working puppet. It might just be a little model. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so another thing I found interesting about this scene, I was curious about. Um, you know, there's this running gag throughout the movie of the mice want cheese. Of course they do because they're mice. Um, so I was curious if there's any cheese on their on their little table, their little Christmas table, and there wasn't. But there's like a bowl of peanuts on the floor. Did you notice this? Oh yeah, I didn't know. I couldn't tell what that was. I think I I assume they're peanuts. They might not be peanuts, but seeds like of some me. kind. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Or like there's something else that is yeah. on the table. Maybe they're peanuts on the table, and then they put the shells on the bowl on the ground. I don't know. Could be anything. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess yeah, my mice would eat peanuts. I'm sure. Why not? They'll eat anything. Um, maybe maybe Pretty one much. of our British listeners will be like, uh, actually, those are uh, Christmas floor peanuts, <laughs> and <laughs> it's a tradition <laughs> here in Gloucestershire. That's the that's British it. town where they all live. Yes, that's how they pronounce yeah, it too. Where they all yes. live. That's where all the mice live. <laughs> uh, and then I do just like the way Scrooge uh, kind of peeks in and looks at the the mice and the the spirit and kind of smiles like he's he's starting to see that that christmas can be a a pleasant time pleasant thing yeah we talked about it last week a little bit but i like how he is like getting you can see him softening over the course of this song yeah you know yeah he's getting closer uh the next line is sung by two horses and i just realized watching these two minutes i had no idea what these lines were or the first line in in my head it went a pot of child we will always remember. That doesn't make sense. What's a pot of child? You don't no, put child's a, child. You don't put children in a pot. It's a but part it's, of childhood yeah. we'll always remember. Yes, that's it, of course. And that makes much more sense. Right. They're, they're saying but it they with do a kind British of trans- accent, so they, they don't pronounce the yeah. R like we did. A, a pot, not a part. Yeah. And they turn childhood into a three-syllable word. It's like, a pot of childhood we'll always remember. I mean, childhood, child, ch- yeah. I would argue that child is a two-syllable word. Chai, old, right? It's not, it's uh, not chilled. Child, child. Chai, old. There's two different vowels. Child. Words. Two distinct It's vowels. one of those weird words that I think is supposed to be a one-syllable word, but the way everybody says it out loud, it sounds like a two-syllable word. Yeah, I guess so. I can't think of other examples right now, but I'm pretty sure there are some. 
Well, it's like, would you say wild is two syllables? Yeah. Why old? Why old? There's two claps. Why old? Of course. There's only the there's only the one vowel. Wild. <laughs> wild. You, wild. you just said a two syllable word. Hey, what's your what's your favorite Witherspoon movie? Wild. Wild. Pleasantville. <laughs> I think I feel like it's like a Pleasantville. one long syllable. Wild. Why? Yeah, we might have to. <laughs> All right. Wild. If anyone out there is a this is a great addiction. <laughs> is a diction expert or an English language expert? Please chime in in the in the comments, or please chime in in the comments. Uh, oh, it's like it's like spearmint. Like spearmint is a two syllable word, but everybody says it and makes it sound like a three syllable word. Like spearmint. Spearmint. Yeah, it's because they're doing it. It's because they're doing it. It's because they're doing a spearmint. I think that's, a spearmint. that's why. In that case, because it sounds like an experiment. Yes. Anyway. I've never said um, spearmints in my whole life. Never not. in your entire life, not even when you were, uh, uh, not even when you were in the part of childhood that you'll always remember. <laughs> not even in the summer of the soul in December. Uh, which let me let me say something about that. I love that line, the summer of the soul. Me too. That's probably my favorite line. line in the song. It's great. Yeah. That's what a brilliant little thing that is. Good. I thought Williams. you were going to say what a, was he good at his job? I thought you were going to say what a brilliant little man Paul Williams is. He is brilliant. He is little. Is he is a man. He is all it's these all things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Summer of the Soul in December. Man, that's a that is a great friggin' line. It is really good. It's just so uh, poetic and just such a concise way to express that. Um, and okay, so here now I've arrived at the part of my notes with the the dog prisoner in the jail cell who cozies up to this. No, no, it's a whatnot prisoner who cozies up to this dog police officer in the jail cell. Uh, and we have seen this prisoner before, because this is the guy from the song Scrooge who tells us that even the vegetables don't like Scrooge. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, what has he done be- between the day of Christmas Eve and the morning of Christmas to land himself in jail? What happened? Well, we know Was he the from- one stealing the vegetables when they're like, No, oh, that was a stolen. human actor. Oh... That would have been good. That would have been some good continuity. No, he's selling. Maybe he ran after that guy and beat him up. Right? He's the he he's like the salesman. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, maybe, I mean, we, we sure that it's movie. him because he he has a completely different voice. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah, true, he's Frank yes. Oz there. It's not the same Frank Oz voice, yeah. yeah and because it's not Frank so, here at all. Who is it? It's do we know? Mm, David, I couldn't, David uh, Rudman? Yes, uh, I think it's David Rudman. It's what it sounds like um, to me, yeah. You know what? Actually, I I don't I'm not 100 percent sure, but like either way, like this one's definitely singing with a British accent, and Frank Oz's character earlier was singing, was speaking with an like American Bert, accent with a Bert accent. Yeah, yeah. Bert some accent. of them do, and some of them just don't. Yep, right. That's the rules of the world, everybody, and that's probably okay. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> fine. Um, we shouldn't dwell on it like we were dwelling on so many other things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the ghost of Christmas present keeps singing. This is just such a, an expressive performance of both the, the vocal performance by Jerry Nelson that we've been talking about. And then, uh, I did want to highlight again, Don Austin inside the suit. He's just, it's just so expressive the way he brings this character to life. And I love how his shaggy beard just like shakes around every time he moves his head. Yeah, it's great. Uh, sorry. I, I, I did want to say one other thing about the, prisoner in the, in the jail cell um oh okay uh he's got a little wreath in, in the cell did you notice that oh yeah yeah i actually yeah. did have is it or it's a wreath or i wasn't sure if it might be a little christmas tree 
I th- I thought it was a, a wreath. Uh, I don't know, you You're probably right. If I'm wrong. Um, no, I just I I didn't go back to check. And I I had some thoughts about the industrial prison complex and you oh. know, wondering if this movie was promoting you know privatized for profit prisons and uh, you know like trying to trying to show us that you know maybe. Like oh look we we treat the prisoners really well and they get to celebrate Christmas and they're <laughs> they're best buds with all of our guards, right? Um, yeah, I don't yeah. really want to get into Propaganda. that this podcast. That feels a little deep for Muppets. <laughs> well, it's funny though because I was thinking when you said that, like, yeah, isn't that nice that the prisoner has a a wreath in his cell? But that's exactly what they want me to think. They want that's me to just kind of dismiss it and go like, oh, see, they're they're fine. They like it here. They have a good time. They have a wreath in their cell. So, no, I think you're onto something there. Mm-hmm. Think about yeah, it, everybody. So. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Mm-hmm. You're so very welcome. And I apologize to everyone listening for putting that thought in their head. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I alluded to this last week, but uh, in this musical number we start to get wider shots of this london city set than we have seen up to this point in the movie um so for one thing i want to rattle off a list yay a list another list that i don't (laughs) think i got to previously on the podcast you love Um, lists we did i do i love lists anthony you Um, also love lists it's all true and you know what i think we all love Love a good list yeah a lot of them um I think we did uh, mention the fact that this was filmed uh, all indoors on sound stages. It was filmed at Shepperton Studios in London. This studio facility dates back to the 1930s. I have not been able to find exactly which stages at Shepperton this movie filmed on, but among other films that have been shot there, um, the list includes... The Third Man, Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Strangelove, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Omen, Star Wars, Superman, Alien, The Elephant Man, Gandhi, The Princess Bride, Four Weddings and a Funeral, The Mummy, Love Actually, Batman Begins, and Captain America the First Avenger. And there are many others. You can look it up. So this movie is in very good company at Shepperton Studios. Oh, and also uh, the 1970 movie Scrooge, starring Albert Finney, which was a musical adaptation of A Christmas Carol at uh, by Charles Dickens. So that's a familiar concept. Yes. Um, so anyway, if you look at these shots, you you really notice for the first time, or you can really clearly notice that everything has been built with this kind of skewed perspective. It's not very realistic, uh, and it's not as big as. It has been made to look in previous scenes, but it still looks really good. It's kind of stylized. It just has this storybook feel to it. So I really like the sets in this movie. Yeah, I think it looks great. I mean, we've talked about this, that it's like... Yeah, a little bit. I just think it's... I just think this movie is so much fun to look at. Yeah, that's general, a good way to put it. You know? um, I don't think that you guys t- had talked about this in a previous episode, so sorry if you did, but... um. The Muppet Wiki has uh, a reference to this probably on the sh- page for the Daily Show with John Stewart from a million years ago when um, they were doing. I, can't, I wish I could remember more details about it, but it, it was like a, a correspondent was was speaking from uh, Dickensian London, L- Dickensian London, and the backdrop. They're obviously on a green screen. The backdrop that they're using 
is a still frame from Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, um, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And I always think of it when I watch the movie, I always think of it as the scene, uh, this one of the frames uh, at the beginning of the song, which we talked about last week when they first come into the town at the beginning of the song. It's not from that. It's from, I believe it's from Scrooged, uh, if I'm not mistaken, or from something at the huh. beginning of the movie. Um, but like, I, it, it's funny to think about that. And it's funnier to think about how like someone from the Muppet Wiki noticed that <laughs> and then put it on the Muppet wiki. Um, but, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. but really like, it's a testament to like how great these sets are and like how great and recognizable they, like these houses are that you can look at it and be like, yep. Dickensian in London, Christmas, Christmas Carol, like right. got it caught up. Yeah. It immediately invokes that really good. Uh, the ghost is uh, singing and dancing up on this platform. All these humans are dancing around him. Everyone's having a great time. There is a brief uh, interlude in the music. There's an instrumental part of the song, and we see two horses dancing. That's so good. Okay. It's in the singing of a street corner choir. I got. I gotta say. Okay. So again, I mentioned uh, before. Uh, you know, my wife Sarah and I watched this movie, and uh, this is one of those moments where um, we we wrote lyrics to this this very brief musical interlude with the horses dancing. Yes, I have heard the two of you do this. I have not. Yes, this and is so news to me. Here I am to sing the new lyrics. Move over, Paul Williams. I've made your song better. <laughs> <clears throat> the uh, the lyrics are, and then the horses do a dance, and then they shake their butts. And you know what? <laughs> it works perfectly because the horses they do a little dance, they go around in a circle, and then they shake their butts back and forth in unison. It's all that true. is what happens. I love. It's exactly what happens. The circle is the best part, though. In my opinion, your lyrics are great. First of all, Bravo! I'm throwing roses at you. Hey, thanks. I'm throwing it. I'm thanks, throwing buddy. a free watch oh, yeah. back at you. Um, oh yeah! Right. Wow. <laughs> but uh, this free watch hasn't left my side all week, by the way. But great! <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Uh, no, but the horses spinning around in a circle, like this whole scene, just has such this great spirit of reverie, and like nothing encapsulates that better than two horses spinning around just so that they can do a dance in the song. So good. Right. And here's the thing. That shot was not planned. In the DVD commentary, Brian Henson explains that uh, that shot was a necessity. A week after they filmed this number, the editor told Brian Henson that there was a gap in the song. The ghost leaves the frame and then there's nothing else to cut to until it goes to the next shot of the the ghost singing again. Uh, And they were still on the set. They were still filming. So uh, Brian Henson just had these puppeteers grab the horses and made them dance to fill in that little gap in the number. That rules. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's so fun. Did you have something else on that, Joe? No, it was actually literally what I was going to... I was going to speculate, actually, that... Oh, they were like, yeah. I don't know, let's just like shoot some B footage of like horses dancing in case we need it. But that was exactly what happened. Except Yeah, B footage order. by necessity. Right, yeah. B footage after the fact. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Uh, also in the Oh My Disney video, uh Dave Goals uh revealed that he named one of these horses, which I guess I guess this means he was performing one of these horses. Uh he named the horse Richmond in memory of Richard Hunt. And he would send Brian Henson emails as Richmond asking for more screen time for the horses. 
Which is really amazing. great. That's yeah. so good. I love so it. So one of these horses is Richmond. It's the gray one, um, according to I, Muppet Wiki. So. Oh, oh there great. you go. Perfect. Uh, I also wanted to mention just before the the horses dance. Um, there's as you you said, Ryan. There, you know, there's this shot of the Ghost of Christmas Present singing, and all the dancers are around. And like, first of all, I love the visual of Scrooge looking absolutely miserable while everyone else is like dancing <laughs> on on toe, and uh, like, but like still in his pajamas, which is hysterical. Um, but um, there, the camera kind of pans a little bit, and we see uh, like the back of a few Muppet heads because they're close to the camera, and one of them is Link. Did you know Link is in this movie? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I cool. didn't notice him. Link Hogthrob is right there in Dickensian a, London. He's a bear on patrol in Dickensian London. <laughs> that pig is a bear on patrol. <laughs> he was in the sketch Bear on Patrol. <laughs> he sure was. I mean, we did That's see nice. some Muppet police officers uh, just a, a moment of, ago, but uh, I don't right, think yeah. that he's in he's in police officer garb, which would have been hysterical <laughs> if he was. But Yeah, he should have been there. I don't think he's the chief the Yeah, chief regular Bobby. Link. Yeah, always good to see that guy. That's great. Yeah, yeah. nice. But yeah, but I never noticed him before. Uh, like that's what a joy to watch this movie two minutes at a time. That I could look for. Yeah, like the back of Link's can, head. Then you can see your favorite character, Link Hogthrob, your favorite Muppet. Love that guy. He's Who great. doesn't love Link? Get out of oh, here! If you don't sure, like I love Link. him. No, I'm. I love him. That's right. Get out of here! I wish he was. Link. I wish he was on my free watch. He's not. You got to pay extra for Link. <laughs> <laughs> Link is on the. The, the watch that costs something. Yep. Um, so then the ghost the ghost goes back to Scrooge, and then something delightful happens. As the ghost reprises the lines about the singing of a street corner choir verse, he starts doing a little dance, and then Scrooge joins in the dance. Uh, Joe, do you want to expand on this? Because you probably know what, what I might I say next. know exactly what you want to say. Okay, so <clears throat> as uh, we've mentioned on this podcast before, uh, Ryan and I used to uh, do this live show here in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we called it the Muppet Vaults. We would show you know rare and interesting Muppet clips for an audience. It was a lot of fun. Um, we did it every month for like five years, which is insane when I say it out loud. Um, and... Yeah. Uh, we would uh, every uh, December we would do like a Christmas show, and we had edited together like some of our favorite Christmas and holiday moments, um, you know, from Muppet uh, Productions. And of course, we had to show what feels like Christmas. It's it's, it's that's the law. You have to. Yeah, that was um, one of the clips that was in every every version of the the Christmas compilation. Right. Yeah, we didn't want to get arrested. Yeah, of course not. Um, <laughs> although apparently they celebrate Christmas in prison, so we would have been okay. But in any case, um, we uh, we would Ryan and I would get on stage between all these clip compilations, and we would you know do trivia and and and, and give away prizes, and we would like kind of amp up what people were about to see. And so when we would talk about this, we would say, okay, now there's something that's going to happen in this clip. You're going to see the Ghost of Christmas Present and Scrooge doing a dance, and I call this the drive in the bus dance. And you picture someone who's dry, like steering a giant, you know, steering wheel, like you're a very large steering wheel. Cause yeah, that's huge. pretty much the action that he's doing. He's holding yeah. his, his, his hands up and doing the side to side motion. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the first time I remember this, the first time that I ever mentioned it, I, I was really just saying it to be like, keep an eye out for it. Cause it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing to look out for. And so we do the clip compilation, Ryan and I go backstage. And, um, when the, uh, when it feels like Christmas comes, Christmas comes up, 
we peeked out behind the curtain and we looked at the audience and everyone in the audience was doing the bus driver dance, <laughs> which we didn't prompt them to do that. We just told them about it and uh, everyone was doing the dance. And then you got every year after didn't that, the first time. Yeah, every, every year after that, we were like, okay, everyone, we're going to do the dance. Everyone's going to do the yeah, dance. Yeah, we want everybody. We want to see everyone doing the bus driver dance. Exactly. Well, and it was a hit 100% of the time. Well, that makes, see, like, that makes sense because the A, the bus driver dance is the greatest thing in the world. B, Correct. I wasn't at any I wasn't at any of those events, right? I was living in Missouri that whole time. I never went to your Christmas show as much as I would have loved to. We, yeah, we wished and you had been. I, yeah, well, me too. But in my notes, I have the bus driver dance written down three different times. Because <laughs> that's just what it's <laughs> yeah. called. That's just what it is. Right. It's just what it is. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, at some point, somebody made a gif of this, which... I see pop up fairly often, especially around this time of year. Right. And that, um, I may have our, been the one our, to make that. If I'm not, I, I, no. I could be wrong. I don't know if I would. I, I think I made a gif of that. That may not be the one that went viral. Yeah, there might even be more than one circulating. Yeah. But um, right. our our previous uh, podcast guest uh, Josh Spiegel, the the film critic, loves to tweet that gif, uh, even when it's not Christmas time. Perhaps, especially when it's not Christmas time. So, yeah, it, right. it's always and, fun to see the, the bus driver dance pop up. And it should be noted that Josh, you mentioned Josh, since he's the biggest fan of it, he also calls it the bus driver dance. So, like, the name has, has caught on. He's not, like, a, yeah. you know, part of the Tough Pigs inner circle or anything. No. Yeah, um, that's weird. He's, Isn't he's that a weird? reader. I mean, he's <laughs> so, a fan. Like, you know, that we but. could just... We could just say a thing, and then it's just commonly known as that thing. Like I don't, I don't feel like we have any power in the real world. <laughs> so no, when, like we don't. Right. that so, happens, and it's just like, wow, you're really you're saying that thing that I made up. Wow, Weird. right. Well, so so actually, I want to argue with the ghost of Tough Pig's past here. Speaking of things, um, I when when Danny Horn was on the podcast, Tough Pig's founder Danny Horn, I mentioned how formative my week with Muppet Christmas Carol was. His article with Kynan Barker, our friend Kynan, where yeah. they watched this movie and made snarky jokes about it. And so I went back to get the quote. In this article, they show the images of the bus driver dance. And Danny says, and I'm quoting him here, yuck, Scrooge is trying to warm up, but I don't buy it. That little dance he does with the ghost is entirely false. It's just Michael Caine being a good sport. And Kynan agrees, yeah, it's not a good moment. Oh. And this is this is madness to me, and I I, I love yeah. I love both of those guys, of course. But like, it's this is so obvious. Like Scrooge is never the same after the bus driver dance. Like this is the moment when Scrooge drops his inhibitions and decides to celebrate Christmas. And like the next right. line is Scrooge saying, "Spirit, I had no idea." Scrooge has changed. Right. The bus driver dance is a sign that he has changed, and the movie bears it out. So, Danny, I love you. Kynan, I love you. You guys are crazy because there's no, there's nothing <laughs> false about this moment. It's like the purest moment in the entire film, you know? Yeah, well, I tell you what. We, we know for sure that Danny is going to be back on the podcast again this season. So you should, I, I'm going to suggest that you, uh, you present this evidence to him and see what he has to say for himself now. <laughs> All right. I will. Ask, ask him this question, Danny, how does it feel to be so wrong? <laughs> right. That's what I'll do. <laughs> how does it feel, Danny? I, I suspect that part of it is just in the days when the, the primary tagline for Tough Pigs was uh, Muppet fans with bad attitudes. 
they're they probably were feeling a lot of pressure to just be cranky about just everything. Just be snarky about everything. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That probably has yeah. something to do with and it. But yeah, man, the bus driver dance is great. It's the best. Anthony, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Um, is there is there a moment around here where where Scrooge kind of turns in the book, or is it not quite so um, apparent as he's a grumpy old guy? Oh, now he's doing the bus driver dance and he's enjoying Christmas. You know. Well, no, I mean there are, as, as we talked about, there are moments in in Christmas Past even where he is like, "Oh, I would like to see that boy that I tried to hit with a ruler because." Seeing myself young makes me wish that I'd been nicer to that caroler or whatever. Um, <laughs> makes you want to hit that kid again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but um, back then they had to call it the horse-drawn carriage driver dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but right, he and does the reins um, instead of a big wheel. Right. Yeah, right. yeah it still works. Right, but yeah. but actually, since you're bringing it up, what happens in kind of the same spot in the book? Is I guess we're. I guess is we're, this a visit to the old curiosity I guess, shop? I guess we're opening the old curiosity shop. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait. Can I? Can I do the I, thing? I just can like I to have a cue to insert the bell sound effect. Wait, yeah. I was gonna say, can I do the thing? Here we go. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> oh no, there it was. Now yeah. we don't need it. You don't um, need it. So there's a there's a lot I wanted to, and I'll say this at the end. Um, there's a lot about like the day first in the book, but then. Um, Scrooge talks about how, like, he's talking about how a, the Ghost of Christmas Present, as I mentioned earlier, says that uh, kindness should be given to a poor one most of all because it needs it most. And Scrooge says, Spirit, I wonder you of all beings should desire to cramp these people's opportunities of innocent enjoyment. You would deprive them of their means of dining every seventh day, often the only day on which they can be said to dine at all. So he, like, starts fighting with the the ghost about whether or not they should keep the Sabbath holy, essentially. Um, Which is like a very weird, weird moment in the book. So yeah, I'm glad they um, cut that from the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, But then they go, I mean, it's very much Dickens being like, Hey, let, let people eat, you know? But uh, so like, that's like when Scrooge starts being like, Oh, you're all high and mighty. But you know, uh, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, so that's that moment in the book. There's not really any like, I'm loving this this Christmas. Movie. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not quite as jubilant. It yeah, sounds like. Yeah. yeah, all right, that's fair. Yeah, hmm, interesting. Uh, Dickens is very jubilant about it, which is what I wanted to talk about in a moment. Okay. Well, yeah. So the ghost concludes the song. Wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas. It feels like Christmas. It feels like Christmas. This the whole. <laughs> The whole chorus joins in. It sounds great. I I just I, I think I, I've said the word great many many times in this episode because everything in this scene is great. But I love the sound of this choir that comes in and sings along with uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present on this these these final lines. It just it's wonderful. Um, we also in it's clear in the bus driver dance scene um and i don't know if you've noticed it before and talked about it on, on the show um but it's much more clear closer to the end of the movie there's a, a shop right next to uh the ghost and uh michael kane um where the marquee says statler and waldorf have yeah you, have you pointed oh, this yes. out yet? no we haven't have no uh i don't think we've seen it clearly oh, yeah. yet no yeah great yeah, that, that was i, I had never i don't think i'd ever noticed that it was in this shot which i guess makes sense that they're reusing sets throughout the movie it's like i said right. much more clear later in the movie but um right. yeah it's right there behind them which is pretty neat 
Um, and then um, during that last feels like Christmas feels like Christmas moment that you just mentioned, the camera like cranes really far up, and you get like a really interesting um, overview viewpoint of these um, these houses that they built. And right. uh, I don't know if I don't think this was my uh, observation. I want to say I heard Brian Henson talk about it somewhere, where um, when the camera goes up, it ruins the force perspective a little bit. So you can actually well, yeah, really that's kind of what I was mm-hmm. getting at. You, you, it starts to look fake for the first time, but you really don't care. Yeah, you really right. don't care. Um, and actually, if anything, I think as a person who loves movies and specifically loves Muppet movies and kind of like that little peek behind the curtain, I think it's really cool to see like, oh, the houses are like kind of pointed inward at the back, mm-hmm. you know, to give you that forced perspective. Like you get to see that magic a little bit and like it's Muppety, like the houses look misshapen, yeah. which still kind of right. seems really cool. <laughs> right. Well, it kind of feels like the sets in Emmett Otter a little bit, you know, like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's like a real storybook quality to them somehow. I don't, even yeah. though there's humans on it, obviously they're they're not miniature like those. Yeah, and this is probably a really obvious uh, grumpy old man uh, cinema fan thing to say, but I would much prefer fake looking real sets to just everything being shot against a, a green screen and and have computer animated sets that that the characters can't really interact with it's true cgi so old ryan yeah it's true you're so old (laughs) for liking practical houses (laughs) i'm very old and grumpy (laughs) you know my son works on a movie set oh is he a director no he's a cgi house And and then here I'll insert the talking houses uh like punchline okay. music. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh yeah, so that oh and then it starts snowing, which again, just another beautiful uh, additional touch to this. I think you can even hear one of the extras say, It's snowing. Um so yeah, as we say, Scrooge is totally on board now. He says, Spirit, I had no idea. I wish to see friends. Kin, show me family. And then, just as this clip ends, we cut to the inside of a room somewhere else, and we, we can kind of vaguely see the the translucent uh, forms of Scrooge and the ghost. But then the clip ends, so we don't know where they are, or what's happening, or or what they're doing there. So we'll have to wait until next week to find out. Could be anywhere. Right. I, we, we'll did see. we really cut this clip in the perfect place? Like, that's a like right where the scene changes. We got, yeah, this was like, a I'm good really one. grateful that we got to like complete yeah. the song. We got to complete the scene. Like I'm feeling good about this, you guys. Yeah, every once in a while it works out, yeah. but then I think more often it cuts off in the middle of a joke or right before the the end of a line. But yeah, this is a good one. Uh, so I have a few more general notes for this week. Um, but yeah, as far as these two minutes on the number, the only other thing I wanted to say is I, I watching these two minutes or this actually these two minutes on the previous minutes. Um, I really appreciated that the, the, everything basically never stops moving in this number. Um, the whole time there are humans dancing, they're spinning, they're running, they're walking around in the background. There are humans and Muppets passing like directly in front of the camera in the foreground it just really uh, 
really conveys this feeling that this is such a, a vibrant, happy space and everything is alive on Christmas morning. So I love this number. I love the song. Um, any other thoughts on these two minutes? Joe, starting with you. Um, the only other thing I, I have about these two minutes specifically is, is and like you said, I keep using the word great. Like the song's so great. Um, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's so good. Um, and you know, I've, I've mentioned before, you know, I didn't grow up with Christmas. I grew up, I was raised Jewish. We had totally different holidays. Um, and, uh, so like I, I didn't have that, like, you know, when it was Christmas season, I didn't have that, like, like, oh, it's Christmas and everyone's really happy. And it's like, no, it's, it's someone else's holiday. Like it was always it never felt like something that was, that was th- something that we could celebrate as well. And this mm. song specifically really highlights everything that I now as an adult really love about Christmas. You know, it's, it mm. is that feeling and it's that, you know, thing that brings us together and, you know, all the, the, that peace on earth type of stuff and brotherhood of man and, um, and like even like gift giving and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, cause like now I do celebrate Christmas because I celebrate, you know, like this holiday of, of joy and love that everyone else is, is taking part in it in. And, um, yeah, it really is like line for line. It is like my feeling toward Christmas is in this song. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That that's really nice. Uh, Anthony, any other thoughts about these two minutes? So not about the two minutes specifically. I have a bunch of other junk I want to bring up, though. Do you want to do that now? I have a couple more sure. things. I think we probably have some of the same stuff, which is the like the other times this song was performed by the Muppets. Oh, I actually t- completely forgot about oh, that. Oh, okay. So yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, so in the immediate aftermath of this movie, the Muppets performed this song two more times. And both times it was sung by not the Ghost of Christmas Present. But by the core, the core Muppet characters, and um, the second of, I want to start with the second one on a book and tape set from the following Christmas, nineteen ninety three. The classic mm. Muppet gang sings the song on that. It's Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, Rizzo, Bunsen, and Beaker. So two Frank Oz's, two Steve Whitmires, and two Dave Davis. <laughs> right. If I remember right, the and this would make perfect sense. I think the home video, the VHS release didn't come out until that that holiday season. That would make sense, yeah. Um, so that was probably done to to raise awareness right. of the movie I'll, for that uh, release. It, the that version's very fun. I mean it's like nice to hear those characters all just like singing a great song. You know, it mm-hmm. it doesn't quite have the same the same majesty as the movie version, of course. Um I mean it's you know, it's it's Kermit the Frog being like it's in the giving of a, it's he doesn't say that. He's like uh it's like I'm trying to think of how he, cause he like keeps dropping his G's. He's like, it's in the given of a gift to another, you know, like, I don't know. Huh? Yeah. It, it's also like, it's um, such early Steve as Kermit. Like it doesn't, yes. it doesn't sound quite right yet. Right. And like yeah, yeah. the first time, I know you're about to mention this, but like, I just heard it for the first time recently. And when it started, I was like, Oh, this is bootleg. This isn't real. This is, this is someone doing like their Muppet impression. Oh. And like it wasn't until the other, other characters came in, and I was like, oh, okay, no, that's huh. definitely Frank Oz. That's definitely Dave Goals. Um, it's definitely it's like, Steve I forget, Rizzo, like, right? Like, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, it, for for a second, it's like he's just doesn't he doesn't have the hang on it. He's a couple more years, and he'll get there. Right. Um, I don't think I've heard this one. But and so Joe just heard it the same place I did, which is that uh, we have to give a shout out to our friend John Popovich who bought the. So be, there was not only the book and tape set; it was also on a promotional CD for the soundtrack. Not the soundtrack. It's not on the soundtrack. 
but there was a promotional huh. disc for the soundtrack. I don't even, I'm not sure what that means, but apparently that existed, and this was on there. John Popovich bought one on eBay and <laughs> ripped the audio so that we could hear it. Oh, wow. And the timing just happened to work out that it was right before we recorded this episode. Um, thanks, but, John. So, th- so, so thanks, John. Yeah. But uh, the other version is very similar to that. It's most of the same characters. It sounds like mostly the same recording. And that is on a TV special called Holiday Greetings from the Ed Sullivan Show, which is in... Right. This one I knew sure. about, but yeah. I forgot to, to look it up for this. So this is in 1992, and it's a special on CBS made up mostly of clips from old Ed Sullivan episodes. Now, Ed Sullivan had died in 1974, which is many years right. before 1992. It- so, so he does. He does not make any he, new. He does not. He does not. Special. Um. So, but so CBS smartly decided that what they needed was another dry host. So they got Bob Newhart to do it. One of the yeah. one of the greatest comedians of all time, in my opinion. I'm not. I'm being serious. I think he's the best. Yes. I love his yeah. records. I love his sitcoms. He's the best. Um. This is kind of the only time he ever worked with the Muppets, though. So he uh hmm. he in, he introduces them. He tells. He says in amazing Bob Newhart, you know, that, that deadpan, Miss Piggy, I always like it when you when you do the karate chops. And <laughs> it's such a joy to hear him say it. Then, of course, he gets chopped a bunch of times. Uh, so they do some banter for a while. But then the Muppets, it's Kermit, Piggy, uh, Robin, it's Tiny Tim. But then, like, Fozzie, Gonzo, no, Fozzie's not there, I don't think. But Gonzo, Rizzo, uh, Mudwell the Mud Bunny, Murray the Minstrel, mm-hmm. the whole gang. They all come out Background. and they <laughs> yeah and they sing. It feels like Christmas, uh, and it's great. Is Mister Curly Twirly there? Oh uh, no, he's not. If he was, I would have made note of it. But I, I too bad. I will as long as we're talking about it. I thought that Murray the Minstrel was Baguni right away, but it's not. Mm. It's Murray the Minstrel. Um, okay. <laughs> anyways, um, no, but it's just fun. It's just like a nice to see the song performed by the kids. And they're all in costume. They're all wearing their costumes from the movie. So it truly looks like the Cratchit family at home singing this song. Right, yeah. You know? um, and that clip's on YouTube, and that's a lot of fun. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. So, yeah, yeah just... It, it, and then they kind of stop doing it. There's not like, you know, they're not singing it at at the Rockefeller Center tree lighting in, in you know, well, there was 2010. One, yeah, a few they, years they ago. Could, there was one a few years ago. It was a promotional thing for um, something at Disneyland, I think. Oh, is that right? Um, and yeah, it's just, I, I don't have the details in front of me, but I, I, it's basically just Kermit in his holiday scarf. That's how you know it's the holidays. And um, he's like walking through the park and he's singing the song and like other people are like following, like humans are following behind oh, and like yeah. taking selfies with them and stuff while he's singing. Yeah. And, and it was, staged, Steve, it was you know? Steve or Matt. Do you remember? It was Steve. Yeah, it was a it was Steve, Steve? Uh, Kermit. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty good. I, I, yeah. I totally forgot about it. Cool. Yeah, that was a pleasant yeah. little thing, which was seemingly done for like no specific promotional purpose. Just yeah, to, it was like it's the holidays. Kermit doing don't, a nice holiday. Yeah, thing. don't yeah. forget Disneyland exists. Anyway, right. here's well, a song. Yeah, I guess they're that, like Disneyland. And, you know, it's funny because like we talk a lot about like you know Kermit sings Rainbow Connection so often. Like he should sing other songs, and it's like man, like there was a time in which it's like here's Kermit the Frog and he's singing like a song from 1992 that you also love, and it's like yeah, yeah. you should do that. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I gotta look that yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was lovely. Um, all right, well, yeah, thanks for, to both of you for reminding me of those things, which I totally forgot to look up. So clearly failing in my duties as the the lead host of this episode. 
Um, but what I do want to talk about is my progress on watching other adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Uh, I not long ago, um, and I have written about this on Letterboxd, but I have not talked about it on the podcast yet. I watched a TV movie from 1964 called A Carol for Another Christmas. Uh, as of this recording, this is available on HBO Max. Uh, this TV movie was written by Rod Serling, the creator of The Twilight Zone. Um, it takes a place approximately in uh, contemporary time, so 1964. And um, it's really interesting because from what I've read, the whole project was commissioned to educate people about the mission of the United Nations. This aired on network TV. Um the, the characters don't have the same... It's not like Ebenezer Scrooge. I forget the name of the Scrooge character, but um, he doesn't just hate poor people. He's also suspicious of people from other countries, and he thinks, like, if it's not our... You know, if there's a war happening in another country, then the, the U.S. should just stay out of it. And um, so it's a really interesting way to take the basic ideas of A Christmas Carol and update them. Um, also notable in the Christmas future section when the, the world is, is ruined. Uh, Peter Sellers plays this buffoonish leader who, uh, appeals to a crowd of really dumb people and, uh, takes advantage of their paranoia about foreigners. So that kind of makes you kind of go, hmm, that seems a little familiar these days. Uh, <laughs> So that's neat. That's on HBO Max as of this recording. Hopefully it'll still be there by the time you hear this. I also am almost finished watching something called An American Christmas Carol. This is also a TV movie. This is from 1979. And it stars Henry Winkler as the Scrooge character, whose name is Benedict Slade. Yeah, and it rules. Uh, they, Straight up rules. Love it's, it. It's good. Yeah, they, they also updated the setting for this. It takes place during the Great Depression, which is a clever way to uh, adapt the themes of, you know, well, poor people. Well, as you and I discussed at, off mic, if that, if they had said it in 1843 in America, that would feel very different than 1843 in England, because that's right, still yeah, for like it to be pre, an American civil war. Carol. You know, it's like, yeah, uh, just Scrooge's boyhood would be in like 1790 when the country is brand new or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that would feel all wrong. But I think the Great Depression feels like the um, like time period wise, it feels like that's the equivalent of, of Victorian England, right. you know? Right. That yeah, it carries over really um, well. And uh, the uh. the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future are all the people that he that he repossessed furniture from at the start of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of a Wizard of Oz thing that way. Like he recognizes them all. Yeah, and when when they when he sees them. Yeah, and the do we want to say who the who the Ghost of Christmas present yeah. is? It's the current director of Scrooge's Childhood Orphanage, uh, Benedict Slade's rather Childhood Orphanage that he attended. It's it's Jerry Parks. It's Doc himself from Fraggle Rock. Yeah, always nice to see the original Doc from Fraggle Rock in anything. Um, there's not a lot of special effects in this one. They, the ghosts just kind of show up when it's their turn to to approach Scrooge. They just kind of walk in his his house. But uh, yeah, it's good. Um, that I have been watching on Peacock, I believe. So again, hope that's still there by the time you hear this. I recommend it. Um, and one last thing, uh, Joe, you and I have made an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're I've- bringing this up because I, I rewatched it. Uh, in preparation for this podcast, and I, w- I was going to bring it oh, up, okay. but you weren't. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've been waiting until you were here to talk oh, about so this. Glad. But, uh, yeah, so when we were roommates, we made a lot of videos and put them on YouTube, mostly using puppets. Most of them are still on the Tough Pigs YouTube channel. Because we started a YouTube channel, and then we started posting Tough Pigs videos on it, and then we were like, we could separate them, but eh. <laughs> um, so one year we were trying to come up with an idea for a Christmas video, and you proposed doing a, a spoof or an adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. And I was hesitant, because I kind of said, yeah, but that story's been done so many times, everyone's already done it. Yeah, you're, 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 you said to me, like, is there anything that we could do that hasn't already been done? And I right. said, well, what if we did it where Scrooge doesn't learn any lessons in the end? And you're right. like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and so that's what it is. And, and I rewatched it um, just today. And it goes on a little too long, especially on the back <laughs> half. Um, but like, it's still, there are parts of it that are very funny. Uh, I think so. Yeah. And I, I played the Scrooge character, who's an old man puppet. Which who we we named Old Man because that just stuck, um, and yes. you Ryan played all of the the ghosts as we called them, not ghosts. I, I don't know what that <laughs> joke was. I think just trying to just do something, yeah, different and stupider. I think that was the idea. Let's make it stupider than the yeah than most and other. Boy, did we succeed! Um, one of my favorite. <laughs> there's a great visual gag uh, in that thing where. <laughs> We decorated his house, which is really just we just drew some a couple of pictures on construction paper and taped them up. But one of them is a window, and behind the window, it just says the words Dickensian London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe you made that out of construction paper. I absolutely did, yes. Uh, yeah. No, that was fun. So, um, yeah. No, I'm glad, I'm glad that we did that. And uh, yeah, you, I think you, sh- you should, uh, when you when you talk about like, oh, there's a new character introduced in this movie. Well, here's who, who they played, or who they were played by in every adaptation. <laughs> you should add the old man's Christmas to uh, <laughs> to that list. Right. Yeah. That's the name of it. Yeah. I should be going through our, our list. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the old man's Christmas, this character was played by a, a, a whale puppet from SeaWorld. Yes. Uh, Marley is played by, by Stanley Newsbaum. <laughs> Your favorite character. Stanley Newsbaum, my, my FAO Schwartz whatnot puppet. Hysterical. Uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. You should put that in the show notes, um, to see uh, some embarrassing puppetry. Also, like to see like a lot yeah. of like arms and tops of heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we didn't have the same, we didn't have access to the same kind of editing uh, programs that we do now. And also most of the stuff tended to just be one shot with a oh, camera yeah, no on editing. a tripod because there yeah. were two of us. There was not anybody else working the camera or doing cuts or anything. So anyway, um, that's probably enough talk about that. But uh, it's very silly. I think it's pretty funny. It's called The Old Man's Christmas. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um. I have I have one more um, unrelated thing to these minutes that I'd love to share very briefly. So, uh, yeah, there's a Muppet Christmas Carol illustrated holiday classic book. It's a storybook uh, that retells uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, and it is uh, written by Brooke Vitale or Brooke Vitale, but it's illustrated by Luke Flowers, who is an incredible artist. He's a huge, huge Muppet fan. Um, we've gotten to know him a bit. He's a great guy. He's been been a very good friend to us. Um, and, uh, in the book, in the scene where, um, Gonzo and Rizzo are sitting on the bookshelf, uh, Gonzo is reading a book called Tough Pigs, which I presume was, uh, what Tough Pigs would have been if, if we were doing Tough Pigs in 1843. 
Or I, I guess, guess it, it would have, have been to be. 30 years earlier because that was in the past. But yes. Um, so that was dope <laughs> that uh, he did that. Um, there's also like a little picture of the author, um, which looks a lot like me. And it says J.H., which I assume is supposed to be me, which is a very, very kind thing that Luke did. And he didn't have to. I mean, I mean, it's a it's what, what's brilliant about it. Just saying J.H., though, is that if the reader doesn't know who you are, it sounds like a shout out to Jim Henson. Right. Like. That's true, and I guess it, do- yeah. it could look like a very young Jim Henson, although Jim didn't wear glasses, so probably not. Right, Same right. Initials. But I, but I've always, uh, I've always figured that like that might be why it's not your actual name, you know. Also, hmm. like it's a really small book. Like I don't think he could have fit my whole. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you and Jim have the same initials. Yeah, we should, we should note all three same. So that's true. JMH, both of us. Yeah. Oh, um, right, right. So um, the other interesting, interesting thing that like I think most people don't know. Is um so there's this page uh with uh the Fozzywood wig party, uh which I'm holding up for Ryan and Anthony here. It's is just like a huge spread that's got like all the characters there. Um, he, I believe he posted on social media like what his original sketch was because he put Sweetums in there because he thought that would be fun to put Sweetums in some Victorian era clothing. And he was told, yeah. no, Sweetums isn't in the movie. You can't do that. Which I don't know why they would say that, but that was the note. Eh. So. So at some point later, he shared with me privately uh, his original sketch before they even got to that point of being told you can't have Sweetums. And uh, that was originally going to be my cameo, was I was going to be a, a, a attendee of the Fozzywig party, which would have been mm. incredible. I'm, I think I like the wow, book. Yeah. I think the book is cooler, but this would have been, I would have been there, like, you know, with, <laughs> with the electric mayhem and, you know, Fozzie and his ma and all that. The, acu- um, the acoustic mayhem, you mean? The acoustic mayhem. Thank you. Which is the, yes, which is the best yes. joke in that book. Like, that's a great so, gag. So yeah. Good. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I don't know what a cool thing. Like it's. Uh, I mean, I'm very humbled that that Luke put me in this book. And um, yeah, and yeah, it's such a cool cameo in an, an officially, you know, a, a really official Muppet book. Yeah, and like yeah. I've never really been in a Muppet movie. I hope someday I get that opportunity, but I doubt I will. Um, this is the closest I think I'll ever come to being like canon in the Muppet world, you know? Hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Maybe we can get a, a, a like a cropped uh, illustration of that to to put in the show notes. Also, sure. I think we have Not one. That book. I think we have one in our review of the book. So. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, we do. I, I wrote that review we'll for it. and I took that screenshot sure. and I put it on, on the article. <laughs> so, yes, oh, it's there. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. It'll Great. be there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, we have not asked you our usual three questions yet, have we? You have not. Okay. So, the three questions. Um, first is, what is your history with this movie? And do you remember the first time you saw it? My gosh, I'm so unprepared for these questions. I didn't know you were going to be asking me this. That's not true. You ask everybody. <laughs> um, my history with this movie. Um, so, so many so guests movie- panic when we ask the question. <laughs> it's true. Um, no, this movie came out in 92, which means I was about 10 years old, which means I was like old enough to go see a movie in the theater. Um, and this was the first theatrical Muppet movie that I actually got to see in the theater, which was pretty great. Like from here on, I got to, like, I, I can tell you exactly where I was. I actually remember being in the theater for all the Muppet movies moving forward. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was the first time I saw it. I don't remember where or with whom, but I do remember being in the theater and seeing this for oh, the first time. You don't uh, remember like, the exact location of the movie theater? 
Nah, I don't, unfortunately. But oh, I, I saw it at like, Rolling Oaks Mall in I mean, Universal City, Texas. If I had to guess, it was probably like one of the Cleveland malls that were that had a movie theater that like no longer exists. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, so like yeah. I just don't have that. Poor malls. Yeah, they had their time. Um, yes. so, uh, yeah, so I, I definitely remember seeing it for the first time. Um, as for like my relationship to this movie, it's so interesting. I've, I've mentioned on this episode about like, you know, again, like grew up Jewish Christmas was not our holiday. So like there was this, I don't know, chip on our shoulder about, um, like, well, that's, that's theirs. And like, why, like every December it's just Christmas, 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 where's, where's our Hanukkah, you know? Um, mm. so when the movie came out and I was like, the Muppets are doing a whole Christmas thing. They could do anything and they're doing Christmas. So like, I was a little salty about the whole thing. And, <laughs> uh, I don't, I bet dollars to donuts when I saw it in the theater, I was like, well, it had some fun moments, but I really didn't like it. Um, because number one, too much Christmas. Number two, too yeah. much Michael Caine, not enough Muppets. You know what I mean? Like, I think. Oh, sure have made that complaint before um so it yeah. wasn't and actually i even remember buying the vhs like I, I remember going to my local blockbuster to buy it i don't know why i bought it at a blockbuster but they sold <laughs> vhs tapes as well as renting them and yeah. um i remember buying it and feeling like obligated like ugh, like i have to spend 15 dollars on this thing because it's got muppets on it you know <laughs> uh even back then and um it wasn't until Gosh, probably like high school, maybe even college, when I kind of had this epiphany of like, oh, actually, actually, this is quite good. Actually, this is quite smart. Mm, actually, yes, this is like, like I, I, I'm sure I read somewhere that someone had pointed out, like, it's not a Muppet movie featuring Michael Caine. It's a Michael Caine movie featuring Muppets. And once I kind of got that in my brain, I was like, Okay, now I see what they were going for. They were going for like the Muppets are this troop of actors, like Michael Caine has said in interviews, and like they're doing crazy fun things. The music is great, the puppetry is great, but like Michael Caine is the star of this film, and we we are we're here to see Scrooge and his journey, and like that helped me sure. a lot to like kind of put aside my own you know stupid beef and really get into like oh this is a very good film. So, so now I have this real love for it. And, um, I'm sure Sarah talked about this, uh, my wife Sarah when she was on this podcast, but, um, it's one of the reasons that we, we got together because, uh, you know, we met on an internet dating site. I listed, you know, I run a Muppet fan site on, on the site and she, uh, around my profile rather. And she, uh, loves Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, it's her favorite thing in the whole world. So for us to kind of like bond over that immediately, even before meeting was one of the things that really, really connected us and brought us together uh, and attracted us to each other. So like, it's been a really important part of our relationship. Um, and uh, even to the point where like, when I was thinking about proposing, uh, I found out that Michael Caine was filming a movie in my neighborhood in Brooklyn. And so I tried really hard. Was to this find- going in style? Yes, it was going in style. That makes sense. Like yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, Morgan Freeman. Um, and uh, yeah, so Ryan, you remember they were filming it up on Grand Street in, in Williamsburg. They yeah. they filmed a scene in the grocery store that was yeah. my go to grocery store at the time. Yes, which I'm sorry to say, Ryan, they knocked it down. The grocery store is gone. But <gasps> that key the food movie is gone. Going in style will be there forever. So uh, I tried really hard to get in touch with Michael Caine 
because I'm like, he's right down the street. And I could just like surprise Sarah with Michael Caine and he could be there for the proposal or whatever. I hadn't thought it out that far. But like, wow. I. I found someone, I met um, a friend of a friend who was working as a PA on the movie, and I tried to get them to help. I wrote a letter, like a handwritten letter to his publicist to get them to help. Um, it did not work. I did not propose through oh. Michael Caine. But like, man, what a good story that would have been, right? It would have been. It would have a great story to tell on a podcast. <laughs> it's a great imaginary story. Yes. Um, Aren't they all? And... Uh, I'm <laughs> yes, uh, and I'm just gonna um, go ahead and answer your third question that you didn't ask about um, where these movies rank. I just assumed you were gonna ask me that. Uh, yeah, that's one of them. And uh, uh, you know, it's always gonna be the top. The, the first three Muppet movies are the first three. You know, they they swap around sometimes, but it's always gonna be sure. Muppet movie, Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Take Manhattan in, in some order. Um, I up until recently, I was always saying Muppet Christmas Carol is number four. It probably still is Muppets Most Wanted is definitely like, you know, knocking up against it. Um, and depending on my mood, uh, Muppets Most Wanted might, I might like a little bit more than this because it's such a fun movie. Like, what if I yeah. want fun? That's the, that's the one to go to. But this is probably a better film. I mean, there's definitely a better film than that one. So, like, it probably does beat up Muppets Most Wanted. So I'll put it in a solid four. Um, and, uh, you know, to answer your other question that you didn't ask me yet, um, I do watch this movie every year. Thank you for asking. Um, okay. You know, in part, you know, it's funny, that, like, as you guys know, there's so many Muppet Christmas productions. It's hard to choose. We can only watch so many of them every year. And, yeah. you know, it's, I'd love to watch every single Muppet Christmas thing every single Christmas, but I can't. Gotta watch Mr. Willoughby's every year. Every year. Gotta watch. Every single year. Gotta watch Letters to Santa every year. Every year, exactly. Um, but uh, no, but there's a, a couple of them that absolutely have to be seen every year. I watch Emma Daughter every year. I watch Muppet Family Christmas every year, uh, and I try to watch Christmas Eve on Sesame Street every year. Um, but uh. this one, this one for sure, hundred percent of the time, I have never skipped a year specifically sp- uh, because uh, because of Sarah. Because we both love this movie so much, we we have to watch it. So yeah, it's part of our lives. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there are still so many of them that feel essential to yeah. watch every year. But yeah, it seems like a lot of people uh, prioritize this one. So yeah, um, good answers all around. Uh, then with that, we can wrap things up for this week. Uh, listeners, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com everywhere on the internet and social media. As we mentioned last week, we are on Hive Social now. We'll see how that uh, turns out that's uh, I think still remains to be seen if that becomes the new Twitter or whatever, but uh, we'll see. Um, thanks to Morgan Davy for our logo. Uh, we are on Patreon if you would like to support us there. We are on T Public. We have a lot of uh, as you hear this episode, still new-ish designs on T Public. There's a Manhattan Melody shirt that's been uh, very popular. Uh, some other Muppet movie inspired shirts. Uh, so go to our T Public store, check that out. Um, you can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com. Uh, the Tough Pigs forum still exists. If you want to hang out with Muppet fans there, there's a link on our front page of our website. It's the uh, new as Twitter. Of this recording. What's that? <laughs> it's the new Twitter. But Everyone's, Everyone's leaving you know, Twitter and going straight to the Muppet fan forum. 
I may have said this already a couple weeks ago, but I, I would just love it if everybody leaves Twitter, uh, Twitter implodes, and then all the Muppet fans from social media come to the, like, all, all the the witty, smart, uh, you, you know, erudite Muppet fans from Twitter go to the Delphi Forums <laughs> website, to the Tough Pigs Muppet Fan Forum. That would just be, I would just love that. Um as of this recording, I am still on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Uh, I'm also on Hive at me, Ryan Rowe. I'm on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow us there. And Joe, Anthony, Anthony is everyone. Anthony is also on Hive at Zeppo oh, Marxist. Yes. There we go. Where you can follow that. Where you can follow my journey watching hopefully 50 movies this year from the year 1933. So I love that. So we'll see. 1933. That's the year you settled on. That's what I'm doing. It's happening. Yeah. Pre-code. Yeah. Pre-code 23. I, baby. Wow. I am really looking forward to that. I hope everyone else is too. It's happening. Zeppo Marxist on Hive Social. Uh, so Joe, remind our, everyone listening where they can find you and your stuff online. Uh, 99% of the stuff that I do on a computer goes straight to Tough Pigs, either toughpigs.com or Tough Pigs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Um, I did, I did, uh, as of this recording, I've done one TikTok. I have plans to do more, but I feel very old every time I open the app. So we'll see if yeah. I can, if I can get that going. Um, and, uh, personally, I'm on, uh, Twitter currently for now, uh, at Joe Hennis and Instagram at Tough Pigs Joe, um, where, uh, I post nothing. I post nothing on either of those. <laughs> I probably should do that too. But I'm so old. Social yeah, media is hard. You know. Yeah, I know. Well, we're not getting any younger, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> And on that happy note, um, uh, we can, uh, well, the, the other only other thing is to say, listeners, we love positive reviews online on websites and podcatchers. I have seen a couple new positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is great to see. We have like pretty much a five-star rating or the closest thing to a five-star rating. Speaking of podcasts, uh, if you head over to our other podcast channel, Muppet Fan Podcasts with ToughPigs.com. Uh, you could hear me and our fellow topics writer, Jared Fairclough, uh, in the middle of our new season of To Introduce Our Guest Star, in which we are going back and forth surprising each other with Muppet-related guests. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I hope you yes. listen to it and enjoy it. Yes, everyone listen to that. That's on the Muppet Fan Podcast with ToughPigs.com podcast feed. And yes, okay, that's it. <laughs> so... Uh, everyone, uh, please tell everyone you know about the show and join us again next week for another episode because it's true, wherever you find love, it feels like moving right along. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.